All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, July 18th of 2023 here. Looking ahead, we got a 14-game MLB main slate tonight, and we have the Open Championship teeing off tomorrow. So it should be a fun uh, week of DFS here. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. We do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. You can reach us with questions one of three ways. First way is via support. You can send us an email at support at sabersim.com. You can post questions live in the YouTube chat, and you can also post questions in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, want to join up, there is a link in the description below of this video. But with that being said, uh, looking at questions we got today, it looks like we have two questions so far that both came in in the Office Hours channel here. And we are going to knock those out and we will see where we go from there. So if you guys have questions, anything on your mind and you want to get those answered, now is a great time to post those questions. But got Saberstein pulled up now. Uh, first question from Conebergs. Question says, when using mini uniques to try and diversify your lineups post-build, is player pool size a great indicator of a more diverse set of lineups, or is it simply the higher the min unique, the more diverse the lineup set? If I have a player pool of 60 at three min uniques, but when I up it to five min uniques, the player pool drops to 57. Which set would you say is more diverse? I'm asking because as a result of my stack size preferences and manual player exposure, this exact scenario has happened to me. Thanks in advance. Okay. So really good question here. So let's get a build going while we uh, dive into this a little bit here. I was going to make my two adjustments and run this build. Um, so so this is an interesting question, right? So it's like, hey, you know, um, what what is a good indicator of diversity? I think is kind of this question simplified. And I think really this comes back to the idea that we are playing lineups. We are not playing players, right? So um one of like the theoretical best things that you can do is have lineups that all have very similar expected value, but have very neutral correlation between the lineups. Right. And the reason for that is because if your lineup set is highly correlated, well, let's say that, you know, we, we have a ton of Houston here in Colorado, right? So let's say a lot of our lineups are focused around Houston. A lot of the EV is coming from Houston, if Houston has a bad game, that's going to sink all of your lineups, right? Uh, your your night is basically over. But if you have this set that is diverse, where if Houston has a bad game, it doesn't sink the EV of your entire portfolio of lineups, that's kind of what we're trying to get at here, right? This is a way of smoothing out the variance, but still having high upside lineups. So if I were to start with a mini uniques of three here, um, at, you'll see at Minuniques 1, if you look at on the left-hand side here, it says all. This will tell you how many players are in your player pool. So I have 65 players in my player pool. When I My my top exposures, I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. I have 6 players over 50% here. When I go to 3 Minuniques, I now have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 players over 50%, now over 60%. And then if I go up to 5 here, so... 
at five mini uniques, my player pool jumped from 68 to 85 here, which is a big increase. And then now I only have three players over 50%. So I think that in general, you should be looking at two things. Uh, one is the exposures to the the top exposed players, right? Are they moving down? Are, are they staying the same? So like if I were to go back to one here, I have two guys over 70%, three guys over 60%, and one player over 50%. And then if I go up to five, my highest exposure is now 60% down from 75%. And then I only have three players above 50% overall here, right? So, and then this, you know, my, my diversity isn't even maxed out, right? I'm still in the top 34 lineups here. I could probably get up to like eight mini uniques, I would say. And where, you know, now I'm at lineup 248 and I have one player at 50%. And I think that the most interesting thing here is that when I'm maxing out my diversity, I only have all of my top batter exposures are not Houston anymore, right? So if I were to jump over to the all batters tab, uh, I actually do not like Houston that much, right? I'm, I am playing a little more Atlanta with Albies and Acuna, uh, getting to some one-offs here of Machado, Betts. And then at 10%, I have, you know, Dubon, McCormick, Abreu, guys from Houston, right? So uh, so player pool is usually going to indicate this, but I think that, you know, the overarching thing here is that you can take a group of players that you already have, say 60, like you said, and then you can play them differently, right? You, the the different combinations of the players. I think that this is what it really comes down to. Is like you are increasing your min uniques, but the combinatorics of your lineups of your player pool here are are um, the builders just playing the same players differently. It's it's combining them with different stacks that are already in use. So I think that is really what you're seeing specifically here. So for 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 most players here, I think. Uh, player pull is an indication. I think that you can look at your exposures as well. Frankly, I don't think of mini uniques of three is very high, I would say. So like if I scroll to the bottom of my 20 lineups, I increase my mini uniques to three. I only go down to lineup 22. So I've only skipped two lineups out of my top 20. That's just because what the sim diversity slider is doing it. Like we renamed this because we changed the way this worked. It used to be sim variance. Now it's sim diversity. We are trying to make your lineup set diverse already. And as you can see, you know, you almost, you have three, uh, three players different in each lineup in the top 20, 20 out of 22 lineups. So very high clip here. And then if we go up to five, now we're at lineup 34, right? So we're still in the top. We're still well in, within the top 10% of our pool here. So I think that, you know, these the the lineup sets in general are very diverse and going, making some of these adjustments, you know, within, I would say, half of the lineup pool, right? So there are 10 players in a DraftKings lineup. I mean, Unix of five is, is half of the lineup here. I think that's like a good, good baseline, a good start. Um, 
I think that, you know, you're going to see major jumps when you start to go into the sixes, the sevens, the eights, et cetera here, right? So be aware of that, you know, understand the effect that the mean unique number is having on how far down in your pool you're going and then adjust accordingly. But remember that, you know, we're playing lineups, not players. So we could take a group of 60 players and then we could increase the mean uniques and then just play those combinations differently uh, where it meets that rule and increases the diversity of your portfolio. All right. Great question to get us started here. Next question from Kevlar. Question says, what are some things you look for in team stacks post build? I know in Jordan's video, he shows that he typically doesn't want more exposure of a team that is higher than the, the highest exposed team. In the entire pool yesterday, I had Cleveland at 70%, but my highest team was at 30%. So I dropped Cleveland down to 35%. In hindsight, I would have been better off trusting the Sims and leaving them at 70%. So I guess my question is, when do you tinker and when do you trust what the Sims are putting out? Thanks, guys. Okay, so this really comes down to your risk tolerance, right? Uh, I've I've known Jordan for, for a while now. And I think it's safe to say, you know, Jordan does not have the highest risk tolerance here. Uh, he likes to play very flat. He likes to get spread out and uh, that's okay, right? You need to know the player that you are. So so me, I have a little bit higher risk tolerance than Jordan does. So when, when, when I look at stack pool exposure, you know, I don't care that, you know, Houston is at 33%. I would say that, you know, I am more of the line of thinking where, I'm okay having, you know, 1.5x to 2x uh, uh, stack exposure, depending if I want to take a stand on that team, right? So me, I'm somebody who is running research builds, trying to get an idea about the angles I want to take on a slate here. And let's say that I decide that, you know what, ultimately I think Houston is fine here. Uh, I would be okay having 70% Houston, right? So if I take their 33 stack pool exposure, round that up to 35%, multiply that by two, that's about 70%. So what I'm saying is like, hey, I'm okay with 2x my stack pool exposure. Uh, there's no wrong or right answer here. It really depends, you know. So 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 when I do this, right, it's always, it's always process over results, right? We cannot be results oriented in these decisions. So what I like to tell people is like, hey, when you are done making adjustments and you click this fill entries button and you submit those lineups to DraftKings, are you comfortable with the lineups? Do they give you any sort of, you know, uneasiness or anything like that? If you're comfortable, great, leave it. If it makes you nervous, if you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe I should have, maybe I have too much of this team, something like that. Like the best thing you could do in that scenario, go back into your build, and adjust for your risk tolerance until the lineups, until you get to a point where you're like, okay, regardless of what happens, I'm good with this, with these lineup sets. I'm comfortable. I feel fine. And, and that is kind of the point that you need to get to. So I think that, you know, this is like, you have to understand who you are, what your risk tolerance is. You know, some people might say, Hey, you know, I think Houston's great. I'm going to play a hundred percent of Houston. Right. And they don't care whether they completely brick the slate. Some people might be closer to my thinking. Some people might be closer to Jordan's thinking, right? So I think that it's it's um, it's great to watch these videos that we put out with content, but I don't think you should copy everything we do. 
I think that you should use these videos as like a learning tool to understand how other players are thinking about slates and then take that information and adjust it and, and put it to work in, in your own way, in your own lineups. Right. So one of my favorite things to do is, Hey, I'm going to listen to all these people and I'm going to take a little bit from this person, a little bit from this person. And, and from all these things, you know, I might not like something that Andrew said, I might not like this one thing that Jordan said. Right. So I'm going to leave those pieces out, take the pieces I want. And then now I have this brand new process that is mine. That is, that is of my own. Right. So I think that's one of the best ways to consume content, you know, um, listen to everybody and then just take the bits and pieces that make the most sense to you that resonate with you and then kind of leave the rest, uh, for, for others to, to absorb there. But that's what, uh, th those are my best thoughts there. And, uh, looks like Kevlar's here said, uh, Thanks, Andrew. Makes sense. I tend to play more top heavy, so I like your 1.5x to 2x stance. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm uh, a little more. I, I I like to take stands. You know, I, I'm somebody who plays a little more aggressive. I like to, you know, think that I've I've uh, found an angle that I really like on the slate, and I like to, you know, uh, put my put my chips in the middle, right? I like to uh, take a stand take a stand on that assumption. And by brick it, you know, there's always tomorrow, right? So that's a great thing about DFS. We get to try again tomorrow. All right. Uh, those are all our questions in the office hours channel, jumping over to the YouTube chat. Mike Carr said, sorry if you covered this prior thoughts on upping uniques for owner's box, as well as using home run and stolen base rules. Okay. So good question here. I think that upping mini uniques is good. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I'll kind of hit 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 on it again here. So with owner's box specifically, right? We don't have owner owner uh, ownership projections, right? I'm on the owner's box page here, and we have no ownership projections here. So when you run a build for owner's box, the default sorting metric is still going to be Saber score, but Saber score is composed of three things. It's composed of some projection, 99th percentile, and a negative weight on average adjusted ownership, right? Without ownership, that third variable is essentially zero. It goes away. It's it's not even part of the equation at this point. So then now your Sabre score becomes some projection and 99th percentile. Well, if, if, if you're looking at, you know, the highest projected plays on the slate, which I'm going to go to the home screen and do, if I go to the home screen, sort by projection, you know, let's just sort by all batters. And I'm looking at these guys. I see three players from Atlanta, four players from Houston, and a couple one-offs, Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani. Um, so, like, in our in our top ten, we have four Houston, three Atlanta, top nine, I guess, and then Mookie and Otani. And then if I go and look at their um, – 99th percentile here, you know, it's, it's, it's what you would expect, right? The, the highest projected plays tend to have very high percentiles and Mookie is a little lower than like Albies and Otani and Acuna. Right. And then, so we see like a couple guys, three out of the top four, 44.5 to 45.5. And then we see a lot of 42s and then uh, Bregman and Dubon are at 39 and 40, but, but in general, you know, they're, they're not going to be one for one, like a sliding scale, but they're going to be close. So my point is that when you are only counting some projection and 99th percentile, 
I think that, you know, those are going to be a little correlated here and you're going to get a lot of the same plays at the top of your range without that ownership to balance it out. Right. So the ownership is going to be like, Hey, you know, Houston is in Colorado. They're going to be really chalky. This negative weight on average adjusted ownership is going to even the playing field for all of these other stacks to get into your lineup. If you're playing on, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, but unfortunately that's not the case on owner's box. So I actually think, you know, based on kind of the thinking through this right now, that me and Nix is probably even more important on owner's box because you don't have ownership projections. Right. And then just, just one thing with owner's box specifically, um, they have one pitcher slot and then they have a super flex, but the way that uh, projections play out, you know, you're never going to find batters projected over 20 points here. Right. So like these pitchers, 26 points, 24 points, 24 points, 24 points for our top four pitchers. So, the way that this works out, you're basically always going to play two pitchers like 96% of the time, like probably even higher. Most of your lineups are going to have a pitcher in the pitcher slot and a pitcher in the super flex. So I've noticed uh, anecdotally here that the ownership projections for pitchers tend to be pretty close to what they are for DraftKings, who has two pitchers in their lineup here. So something that I've done when I play on owner's box is I will take the ownership projections for pitchers only and copy those over to owner's box. Uh, my thinking here is that, you know, some ownership projections are better than none. I see ownership as like this puzzle, right? So we put together some of the puzzle pieces and it's just more accurate inputs for the builder to use. Uh, if somebody wants to, you know, rebuttal there that I, I'm, I'm open to it, but the, from from what I found, the ownership projections are pretty close for pitchers from DraftKings to owner's box. And I've been using the ownership projections, uploading them as custom ownership, and then running my build where at least I have ownership projections for pitchers here. So um, that's what I've been doing personally in my lineups. Uh, you know, not sure if you guys want to do that or not kind of getting back to the conversation we have with Joe, where it's, uh, you know, saying like, hey, um, you know, this is what I'm doing. Not, you know, you don't have to take that and run with it but it is an option for you guys. And I've had success on owner's box this year, but just some thoughts there. All right. Uh, two questions here related to contest Sims. So one question from Leo, when will you be talking about the contest Sims and then from clay, can you talk about contest Sims? So we're not doing, uh, okay. So, so to back up further, so we released a uh, beta version of Saber Sim. We're calling it a, uh, it's going to be called Saber Sim 3.0 here. It is a new updated version of the app. And with that is are coming a lot of new features. One of those being contest Sims here. If you guys are on the Saberson pro plan under settings, under my account, if you guys are on the Saberson pro plan, you have access to the beta version of Saberson. The reason that it is in beta is because that there are a lot of bugs. There are um, things do not work 100% right. And so, you know, tread, tread with caution using the beta, like close up to lock or things like that. Um, you know, we're still working through it. We have a feedback channel in the discord where users are, are posting bugs that they're running into. We are trying to smash those bugs as quick as possible and fix all of those things before releasing it, um, to, to, to our production site here. So, so that is why it is on a separate site. Uh, but 
one of the great things about being on Sabres and Pro is you do get those early access to new features. So we're not going to be talking about those new features yet. A lot of content going to be on the way in regards to the new site, the new features, et cetera here. So I'm glad you guys are all asking about it and really excited about it, but we are not going to be uh, doing any type of beta demos on office hours at the moment. All right. Question from FV said, when would you not want to use a pool size of 500 versus 5,000 as the pre-built setting? Okay. So if you're on the pro plan, you can build up to 5,000 lineups. I would basically always build 5,000 lineups and there's no downside to doing it. Uh, basically what happens is we build your lineups, right? But we do not build them in order of strength. We, we randomly sample the Sims. We build your lineups. All of your lineups go into a pool. And then once the pool is generated, that is when Saber score goes in and grades all of the lineups and says, okay, you know, this lineup's really good based on our formula. It needs to get moved up. These lineups that got generated are going to move down here. So in theory, your last lineup could be your best lineup. So that is why it is better to always build the max that your pool size, that your plan allows for here. The only caveat that I would say here is that if you guys are building for MLB showdown, NASCAR, golf, uh, any, any sport really where the sliders are using Sim Diversity 10. Sim Diversity 10 is a beast in and of itself. So what we are doing in, at Sim Diversity 10 is we are taking one single slate. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? We are, we are taking one slate simulation, right? So if we are playing an MLB showdown, I think there's one uh, today for Milwaukee and Philly here. We are, we have a, we have a, database with thousands of simulations for this game we are going to go in and grab one simulation we are going to run that simulation and then we're going to build the the highest scoring lineup which would be the optimal lineup for that simulation and then put that lineup into your pool that process is 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 different that process is very intensive so i've seen issues with generating 5000 lineups at sim diversity 10 in that case what i would do is drop your pool size to 2500 I've found no issues running Sim Diversity 10 builds and getting up to 2,500 lineups in my pool. So for, for showdowns, for NASCAR, for MMA, for, for all of these Sim Diversity 10 sports, use a pool size of 2,500 if you're on the pro plan and then use a pool size of 5,000 for all of your classic slates. But always run the max unless it's that one specific nuance that I mentioned. All right, question from AK. This is our last question at the moment, everybody. Uh, if anybody has any last questions that they want to get in, now is a great time to post those. But um, in the meantime, while we wait, question says, what's the best way to gauge or find excels for sports without projections such as Summer League? Okay, so um, basically the question is like, hey, um, if you guys didn't know, we have Summer League slates in the app. If you go to NBA and then, you know, DraftKings, we're going to have the uh, Summer League slates. They'll say SL, right? So it looks like there's a showdown with Houston and Cleveland. We support these as far as, you know, slate information. But as far as projections and ownership, you're going to have to generate those on your own. We do not have those. Uh, and then this is also just a um, using... Huh, interesting. 
I'm surprised. Usually this is just randomness. It's not correlation and sim diversity, but, um, but we're not going to have projections for this. I honestly don't know where people are getting projections for these slates. I have seen that our partners at run Pure, I've seen some of their, um, coordinators playing summer league slates like on Twitter and, and on DFS Twitter and stuff. So uh, if you guys didn't know, you know, we are partnered with run pure. We are their optimizer. So if you guys are looking for projections for summer league, possibly check out run pure sports. Uh, FV said, thank you. Yeah, man. Happy to help. Leo said, okay, how much adjustment do you make post build? I feel like I've done way too much. Okay. So let's go back to MLB. And I'm going to go to back to the main slate. Just use this build that we ran previously. So in this build, right, um, first thing we talk about is the type of adjustments you want to make, right? The approach that you want to take to making adjustments. I'm just going to reset everything here. So it all goes back to zero. Mini Neeks down to one. Okay, I'm going to go make my two adjustments again. And we are all set. So first thing first, we talk about this right to left approach here, right? And I'm going to scroll to the bottom of my 20 here because I want to see what this first adjustment, what the effect has. So first adjustment we're going to start with is 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 mini knee, right? We're going to move right to left. The point being, we want to start with this macro approach, this zoomed out approach. And we want to zoom into our lineup slowly, right? We do not want to go straight to players. We want to start with diversity, stack types, team stacks, and then finally players. So first thing I'm going to do is increase my mini neeks. A couple lines of thinking here. My line of thinking is I like to start with about um, half of my lineup. So if there's 10 players in my lineup, I like to start with the mini neeks of five. Um, similarly, Jordan is somebody who likes to, what he'll say is like, I like to max it out. So figure out what the max is. So nine would be the max because there are only 17 available lineups and we're asking for 20. And then he says he likes to do one less than the max or two less than the max. So his his baseline would be a mini unique of seven or a mini unique of eight here. I think both are fine options. From there, jump over to stack types. You know, are you seeing stacks that you want? Maybe you don't want to play any three stacks, right? So we're gonna we're gonna um curate our stack types here. We're going to move into team stacks. You know, am I okay with all these exposures? And then, you know, um, this goes back to our risk tolerance idea that we talked about previously. So for me, um, you know, Houston is at 30%. They're also at about 33% in my pool. I don't really have any takes on this slate at the moment, so I'm okay with all of these stack types. And then lastly, go over to players here and then look at, you know, pitchers, look at my batters, and see if I'm okay with all of these things. I don't have any batter over 20%. Not worried about that. My pitchers, I'm okay with a little more exposure to them. So it looks like we want to take a stand on Brian Wu at about 2x's ownership. I'm fine with that. Um, Chris Murphy here really stands out to me. You know, we his ownership is about 3%. Exposure is about 40%. And we only have about 11% of him in our pool. So this would probably be way too much exposure to Chris Murphy for me. I might drop this down to something like 20%, going like 2x the pool exposure, and then that's like 7x his, his ownership here. So I'm okay with that. Um, I'm also okay with a 3x Hunter Brown and and some of these other ones here. So as far as like what I'm trying to do, you know, that's that's really it here. If you're looking for other ideas about how to go about this, on our YouTube channel under playlists, 
go to how to beat MLB DFS in 2023. And then we have this video, watch a Saberson coach build winning MLB DFS lineups. This was a video of Jordan walking through his process end to end. And then we also have this other video uh, right here, three winning tips to build better MLB DFS lineups, which Jordan released at the all-star break here. I've walked through my process a couple times on office hours here. If you're on the homepage, just go to search and then just go to uh, maybe type in process here. And what you can see is a walkthrough of Andrew's MLB process three weeks ago, right? And then Andrew's tips to adding value to your MLB process. Um, a lot of videos related to that type of stuff. We are going to have another video coming out soon here. Uh, I think under the coaches corner playlist related to uh, building a single entry lineup. So be on the lookout for that video uh, when that video comes out here, but you should be able to find, I think enough nuggets between what I showed you of uh, Jordan's videos. And then some of our older office hours demos here related around that topic. All right, everybody. Uh, we are all caught up with questions at the moment. While we wait for any last questions to come in, just want to remind you guys, if you guys are not playing on Owner's Box, highly recommend taking advantage of our partnership with Owner's Box and of this promotion. We partner with Owner's Box at the beginning of the MLB DFS season. It's been a great partnership to date. Uh, there are contests overlay frequently. You're going to find contests where they are paying you to play, contests with no rake, contests with reduced rake, and the competition is going to be softer than what you're going to find on DraftKings, FanDuel, or Yahoo. When you use promo code Saber or SaberSim, when you sign up, one, you're going to get a, up to a $500 deposit bonus. And then two, we will track your entry fees for you. And you can earn free months of SaberSim just by playing on the site and nothing else. Each time you hit one of these entry fee thresholds, our support team will reach out to you, let you know that you have earned a free month of SaberSim. You can either cash in on that prize or wait, wait, wait till the next prize tier. Once you cash in on that prize, we will reset your tracking to zero and you will automatically start earning towards your next free month. There is no limit on the amount of free months you can earn while this promotion lasts. So take advantage of it while it is here. Okay. Jumping back to SaberSim here. Got a follow-up from Leo. Leo said, okay, just confused about pool exposure because if you get 50% of any team stack and pool exposure is 25%, Maybe that's too much. So so this really comes back to risk tolerance, right? This kind of goes back to the beginning of the, the video talking about Joe's question where you have to determine, you know, what is too much for you, right? So in Jordan's video, he talked about he doesn't like to have any one team higher than his highest stack pool exposure. Uh, that's a fine rule. I think that rule is okay. For me, I'm somebody where, hey, if I like this team, if I've determined that I'm okay with uh, playing this team, I'm okay having 1.5x to 2x their stack pool exposure, right? So I might be okay with 70% Houston, but that is my decision, right? It might not be the same as your decision. So figure out, you know, what that number is for you. Um, like I said, you know, it really comes back to when you submit your lineups, are you comfortable with them before any outcomes play out, regardless of what happens? We got to focus on process over results. And, you know, whatever happens, are you comfortable with the lineups? And if you're comfortable, then I think that you're right in the right range. So figure out what that is for you here. But all right, everybody, uh, great show today. Very happy uh, to see everybody tuning in, asking questions. Glad you guys are interested in the beta. We're going to have so much to talk about 
when Saberson 3.0 gets released here. So be on the lookout for that, for more news related to that topic. But until tomorrow, if you guys are playing DFS, building lineups, question pops in your head, drop it in the Office Hours channel, let it sit there until tomorrow, gets us a steady queue of questions to get started with at the beginning of our next show. Until tomorrow, take care. Good luck in your contest. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.